you damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Tuesday leading up to Christmas. You got five days left. It's on a Sunday this year. Remember that. I can always mess with your plans a little bit. Get that shopping done. Stay safe out there. A little cool. Going to get cooler. Going to get cold. Going to get downright cold. Make sure you got your coats ready for the end of this week. I'm Chad Hastings. It is Chad and Zay. I'm joined once again by the one and only, the Bowie Bulldog, the Texas Longhorn. He's ready for uh, he's ready for signing day tomorrow. Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? What's poppin', Chad? Happy holidays, everybody. Feels good to be here on the Tuesday with my Christmas haircut. Oh, this, oh yeah, fresh this. cut. Ooh. Shout out to Manny. Did a great job, as always. Oh, reliable. Eight years straight, maybe ten years straight. I don't know. It's been a long time. Is there something different about the Christmas cut versus no. all other cuts? No. Okay. Just know, like, when you take pictures with the family and stuff, you can't be out here looking like Pookie in New Jack City, aka Chris Rock when he was a crackhead. I can't be doing that. I got to look gotcha. nice and fresh, clean, like Steve Harvey 98. Okay. Know, tight fade. And, you know, looking right when I take pictures of all family and such. I had not noticed, but now that you say it, I can see it. Mm. I can see the cleanliness. Mm. I can see the clean. Yeah. yeah, I can see it. Oh, yeah. It's been rough. It's been rough. Inflation has hit. Barbershop's hard. I ain't knocking. I ain't hating. I get it. Everybody has to get theirs. But that makes your boy a little bit more cheap, which means one cut a month. So yeah, it could get a little rough. And, yeah, yeah, glad this Christmas cut came in. Just in time. Yeah, I'm gonna have my I'm gonna have my wife and mother around in the next couple days, so I'm gonna be reminded to hey, let's let's go shave, let's make sure we're cleaned oh, up, wow. let's get the picture going in here. Because moms reminds you. Oh yeah, if I don't, yeah, if I haven't taken care of it before that, I'll probably. Normally the plan is I'm gonna shave like right as they're getting there. That way, if there's pictures being taken, we're good. But my parents are notorious for the picture on the way out. They're really strange. They'll show up, have a great time, but then it's like when it's time to go. When people have things to do sometimes, time to go, people are going to work or people have things. That's when they realize, oh, we need a picture with you and you and you and you and you. Yeah. So what I should do is have a schedule that I put. I just hand to them when they walk oh, in the you door. You can't be that guy. You like, gotta be go with the flow guy during the holidays. Yeah, exactly. So I try to do that, but normally we're taking pictures on the way out the door too. So whenever you take your pictures, be sure you're looking clean. Zay's got the Christmas cut going today. I do not. I've got the uh, scruffy old man look going today. <laughs> so if you're watching on Twitch, watch Zay. Don't watch me today. It's probably gonna be a better idea. Look like if Rick Carlisle didn't win that ring with the Mavericks. <laughs> Ah, I look like Rick Carlisle if LeBron and the gang had succeeded. Yeah, yeah. You know if Rick saying? didn't go zone and LeBron didn't completely fold in 2011. But yeah, you look good still. It's not, not, I'm not saying Rick Carlisle's a bad looking guy. I'm just saying. Sitting around with a drink in his hand. Ah, yeah. Damn LeBron. <laughs> Should have put. I should have let Dirk shoot more. Yeah, he definitely wouldn't have as many opportunities as he does now. He's just going from jumping teams. Now he's at the Pacers. They're not too good. But, hey, Rick's going to have a job for a long time because of 2011. Yes, he is. No doubt about that. That's that's some good memories right there. As a Dallas-area sports fan, I need some of those good memories right now because I'm not sure what kind of memories the Cowboys are about to provide. We'll get into that. We got NFL stuff to dig into. There is a – it's not a massive one. There is an injury, though, in the – 
the Cowboys division that's the biggest story in the league probably over the last 24 hours. So let's jump in with the Specs set piece and we will get started. The Specs set piece is brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. When it comes to savings, Specs leads the league with a larger selection at lower prices. Specs, official partner of Austin FC. All right, so... Zay, we've had an extra day to process it all. We talked a lot of Cowboys yesterday. We were hitting the Bijan story yesterday, and there was a lot of other stuff going on. World Cup final, volleyball winning the national title. We really did not get a chance to discuss that Raiders-Patriots uh, ending. So let's get into that first. Did you see it live when it happened, or did you see? Did you like hear about right, red it zone, and go so back? I guess as live as you could be. Okay. So you were watching it then the way I was, in a split screen. Is how I saw it. So there was a split screen, and on the right side of the split was Dicker. It was Cameron Dicker about to close that door for the Chargers. By the way, congrats to Cameron Dicker, man. Oh, man. Finding his way through the early part of an NFL career and showing, which is what a lot of people knew around these parts, need a big kick? Cameron can go get it for you. Yeah, he has ice in his veins. We saw that his freshman year when he won the Red River. It's this guy, He the pressure doesn't phase him. He played at one of the biggest high school football programs in all of Texas. So he, he's never been, you know, afraid of the limelight, if you would say. Plus, I think when he showcases that he makes these clutch kicks, three already, two on the Rams, one on Philadelphia Eagles, correct? One Eagles and now a couple with not the Chargers. The Chargers, I mean, yeah. not Rams, yeah. excuse me. But, yeah, I, he's been incredible, and that's how you stick around in the NFL, which it's a tough job. There's only 30-something, so, yeah. you know, you only get one in the roster, and I think he's going to find his way and stick in the league for a while. Yeah, that's a truly one of 32 jobs. <laughs> yeah. With the quarterbacks, you can be a backup yeah. and still hang around. You can't do that with, with being a kicker. So uh, I'm watching him make that kick, and I'm assuming – I know what the situation is in the New England game. It's tied. There's 10 seconds to go or whatever. They're going to go back to that last play. The New England's going to you know, run the clock out, and we'll see some overtime, a little free football uh, in the NFL, and then I get to start worrying about I don't want to tie and all that. Then as, they, then as Dicker finishes the kick, they don't go big screen yet. I'm still in the split screen, so yeah. i got a smaller screen to watch. And I watched this ball go up in the air, and then I watched Chandler Jones go the other way. And now I realize I've got to rewind because I didn't understand. So then I rewind and I focus in on that. So it's like, okay, wait a second. So did they run a pass play and it was a strip fumble, a sack fumble? Maybe that's what happened. Um, so I'm trying to go back and figure out exactly what it was. And after another day to process it, I don't feel like I understand it anymore we've heard from the people um ultimately demond is it demondre stevenson is that the rather uh, that first like name right? ramondre stevenson is the, the the running back that initially had the ball oh, okay the yeah. stevenson yes, the yes, guy yes, that went yes, to yes, ou yes. he and you know i mean i i guess he would ultimately say i was just seeing if we could get something done i'm gonna lateral to, lateral to a teammate that's not the guy people are ripping on. They're ripping on the receiver. Yeah, Jacoby Myers. They're ripping on Myers for his decision to ultimately throw the ball back. He says, hey, I thought I saw Mac Jones open, so I thought I'd throw it back to him. I did not see Chandler Jones, and you know, kind of the, the rest is history. So I've been going back over this thing, trying to figure out sort of the, the, you know, the, the, the logic of that situation. It was... It was fascinating to watch, and I don't think I've ever seen an offensive team 
end a regulation game that way, that situation, knowing what they needed and what they didn't need, the idea that they would do that, that a Belichick coach team would do something like That's that. That's the biggest thing. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's so uncharacteristic from a Patriots ball club, especially a Bill Belichick coached Patriots ball club, and you just got to feel for Jacoby Myers. He was just trying to make something happen, and now I think it's kind of it's going to be a code that at the end of the game – We'll just take the tie or, you know, if we're down, then, yes, you could go for it. But if you're tied or anything like that, you just go down because you can't risk being dumb like that. And that was one of the worst plays I've ever seen. I mean, it's not even about go down to me. It's about go forward. And uh, that's the natural inclination. And by the way, Stevenson got it to about the 30-yard line. And the fact that they ended up 20 yards back down the field before Chandler Jones touched it is a – like that's a huge mistake. And once Myers gets the ball, he's got to go forward, period. That's it. He's got to know that. And the other thing I keep thinking about today, and I want to make sure we keep saying this, Zay, until it gets changed or something else happens. For everybody that asked, I saw headlines yesterday. The the players say that what they did at the end of the game, it wasn't it wasn't you know it was off script or whatever that they did it on their own. And I thought, well, yeah, obviously, right? They're not going to be coached to do that in theory. Um, So you had all of that as they try to explain what's going on. But I think we all have to keep reminding ourselves not one player on the New England Patriots offense has an offensive coach to help them out. They have offensive coaches that have defensive experience. Yeah. Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, we've been over this story before, they have not regularly called plays as OCs in the NFL ever. Neither has Bill Belichick. The offensive guys for New England are floating on their own in in a way. Now, should they have known exactly what to do there? Oh, yeah, they should. And nobody in their right mind would tell me, yeah, Chad, we practice that every week. Really? You practice that every week? You practice the game is tied and it's third and four with three seconds to go? You do not practice that play. You do not practice a little handoff and a guy goes as far as he can and falls down. You don't practice that. I'm sorry. No, nobody practices that. So, But, you, again, I think it's important to note that this is still an offense without offensive coaches, and that happened to them in front of everybody. And it ends up being one of the weirdest endings to a game anyone has ever seen. That is a bonehead move on Myers' part. He yep. knows deep down he can't do it. And at some point, having an offensive coach to say, hey, guys, let's get, get as much as we can and just get down might have been helpful in that situation. Yeah, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, they ain't helping nobody, and neither is Bill Belichick. And, you know, if you're Tom Brady, who has his own problems right now, you're looking up there and saying, not so easy now, is it? Well, given Mac Jones, he's not having any help either with those guys coaching him up. He's probably feeling like, man, I saw the way he hugged Josh McDaniels after this game. He, he held him on, held him tight. Ray too tight for the way they lost. Like, I miss you, coach. Please, please <laughs> yeah. do something. Like, help me out. Josh, like, I can't help you no more, dog. I'm in Vegas. In City, you got to deal with this up there. Hell, Mac Jones is probably calling uh, down here at the 40 Acres. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian saying, coach, this is BS. 
Look what the hell I'm going through. I've never been through anything like this in my life. Is there any type of guidance you can give me? And Sark's like, yo, man, I'm losing my Doak Walker Award running back. I got my own problems to deal with. So you're on your own. So Mac Jones, who went a very suspect 13 for 31, only 112 yards, no touchdowns. That's, that's, that is the biggest problem there. But, yeah, Christian Jones and, and getting stiff arm. Mac, that was brutal. The way that Mac Jones got stiff armed by Christian Jones. Like, he didn't have Chandler to do Jones. Chandler Jones. I'm yeah. sorry. He didn't have to do that. He could have just went around him. Dude. He could, he could have to do that. That part of it, too, has been discussed. Once Chandler Jones is about to catch that football, the, jo- like, the job Mac Jones did of trying to stop him, trying to get him held up for a second, because all you got to do is get that guy on the ground and you're still going overtime. You just have to make sure he doesn't score a touchdown from midfield. Chandler Jones took off at about the 46, something like that. Mac Jones couldn't figure it out. Chandler Jones reached out, put his hand on Mac Jones' shoulder pad, and pushed him through the crust of the earth. That so was disrespectful. That was amazing. And credit to Chandler Jones, because when I was growing up watching the NFL, defensive linemen don't finish that play. Oh, no. No. They do not finish it in the end zone. They finish it, but not in the end zone they don't. They get dragged down at like the 25-yard line or before. Chandler Jones is just a freak, and once he took off, nobody was there. Mac Jones was the only guy that could have stopped yeah, it. Yeah, when he's locked in, he's still one of the best edge rushers in the league when locked in. Yeah. Like he did a fake spin move to get to Mac Jones. That was as nasty as I've ever seen a defensive lineman do. Just a little, you know, usually guys go straight off that spin move and get to the quarterback. He faked the spin, had the uh, defensive ta- or offensive tackle basically shake it in his boots and got to Mac Jones, and then that play at the end the game just absolutely spectacular and you're right defense alignment they're not supposed to make that play but Mac Jones he ain't no Ben Roethlisberger that's what I thought you're of. right I thought of you're right the, that yeah that's Colts not Cam game. Newton that he's doing that too you're <laughs> I right I thought of that Colts game where Ben Roethlisberger saved the Ooh, day oh yeah and they end up going to that Super Bowl and winning it and if he didn't get that Jerome Bettis that fumble if he didn't get the, who was that that got the ball? Who, who was that oh, trying to take it to the house? Man, I would have to go back and look if that was like because uh, that was the Colts they were playing. Yeah, was it a Dwight Freeney? Somebody like that? Was it a I lineman? It was. I can't remember if it was a big. lineman or a linebacker that had the ball there. Yeah. But, but either way, Big Ben, that was one of the biggest plays in Steelers history. Yeah, Mac Jones, he could have made that play, but he he was probably in all and. Just didn't expect any of that to happen. So yeah. how could you react? Like the right. reaction to that, especially as a quarterback, you don't want to hit nobody. Well, and th- yeah, at that moment, once he hands that ball off, the next thing on his mind is, okay, so we're going to have the coin toss. Am I going out there for the coin toss? And we obviously want the ball right. if we can get. He's working through overtime. He's done. The play's over for him. And so to ask him to really be ready to tackle Chandler Jones, maybe that's not fair. But Chandler Jones is interesting on that play. If you watch him from the very beginning of the play, he gets basically he gets kind of thrown to the ground. A guy lands on top of him, and the wherewithal to stand up and then just kind of monitor Mac Jones. I guess that's what he was doing. But the fact that he ended up in the spot he did is is amazing. And that's how that game ended, New England. And then you bring up a great point. You couldn't. You couldn't write that script any weirder than Bill Belichick walking across the field to see the other head coach that just happens to be Josh McDaniels. Yeah. The offensive coordinator that he didn't let get away multiple times, where Josh McDaniels literally took another job, then came back, was going to take a job, then came back, 
finally ends up going to the Raiders and leaves Belichick without an offensive coach, and then Belichick doesn't fill the job with an offensive coach. Half of that is McDaniel's fault. The other half is Belichick's. The main part of it's Belichick. It's mostly Belichick. The fact that he still has not filled that job with an offensive coordinator uh, may want to do that. And ultimately, that's not why that play happens. That play happens because the NFL's bizarre right now. Speaking of, in the crap bag today, I'll get you a wild NFL stat coming out of this weekend just to show you how crazy it was, uh, plus a home invasion that was uh, kind of right and kind of wrong at the same time. Uh, but a lot of NFL out there, including the injury story in the Cowboys division, this one's going to this, this is really going to hurt Cowboys fans because already we're living in a world where you let the Jacksonville game get away. You didn't gain any ground on F- Philadelphia. You lost ground. But now Jalen Hurts has a sprained shoulder. So you hear that And he might not play against the Cowboys, may not be able to go. Gardner Minshew would play if he can't. The game's in Dallas. So they there's going to be a setup where the Cowboys are going to have a shot. Not that they didn't, but going to have even uh, even more of a shot to compete with and maybe beat the Eagles. But if they do, they're still going to need the Eagles to slip twice. Yeah. Two additional losses now is what they're going to have to have. Yeah, yeah, and this is a tough situation for the Cowboys because this is a lose-lose. At the end of the day, if you beat the Eagles, everybody's going to say, oh, you beat a Gardner Minshew Eagles. Everybody knows Jalen Hurts is the MVP. He's the one that's in the driver's seat of that offense. He's the reason why they're having that success. Shout-out to Michael Parsons. So, it's you know, I'm – they, if they win or if they lose, then you lose to Gardner Minshew, and it's even worse. <laughs> yeah, and it's right. like, here we go. Yep. How can we lose to a Gardner Minshew-led uh, Eagles team going into the playoffs? Now we really don't have any Super Bowl hopes. So this isn't the best situation if you want it with the Cowboys. And let's go back two weeks ago when we were talking about this uh, five-game slate for the boys. We said they had to beat the Texans. They do, but barely. We say that they need to beat the Jaguars. They don't do that. So now, these last three games, which are going to be tough, the Titans, they're fighting for their playoff lives. They haven't played well. Ryan Tannehill, he hurt his ankle this past weekend. They had to play a a young buck and they lost to the Chargers. It was barely, but still, they're sitting at that fourth spot. They can't afford to lose any more games, especially with the way the Jaguars handled the Cowboys this past weekend. So, that next week game, after whatever this game is going to be with the Eagles, it's going to be an emotional game no matter what. So, you're going to have to regroup then play that Titans team that's fighting for their lives the next week then after that you're playing against a commanders team that's also fighting for their playoff lives so Mm -hmm. they're going to give you everything too the Cowboys with all the injuries that they've had they're not in a good situation at all and yeah win or lose against this Eagles team I think it's a lose-lose no matter what you gotta the only way it's a win-win is if you straight up blow them out like 30 points. They're just not even making a contest. Dak Prescott throws for 400 yards because this Eagles team is still uh, stingy on D. I want to say they've had six-plus sacks these last three weeks. So they're coming after Dak. They're coming after him, plus with all the offensive line issues uh, that the Cowboys are having, just interchanging guys. Guys are still getting used to things. You know, it's it's going to be an interesting game on Saturday. Yeah, the um, you know, the the Official word out of Philadelphia, by the way, uh, so far, Sirianni's not ruling him out. They haven't said he's out yet, 
They've said he's questionable. It's called, I wouldn't play him. It is called into question with the sprained sh- uh, sprained shoulder. Uh, yeah, and you bring up a good point. If the Cowboys beat him like they beat the Vikings, then a statement certainly would be made no matter who the quarterback is. So Jalen Hurts may not play against the Cowboys. Some of the numbers for him are crazy. And we talked about this early in the season, Zay. You brought it up about the wear and tear on him. He's been He has 184 quarterback contacts on the season, third most behind Justin Fields, who has 202, and Daniel Jones, who has 186. So that tells you, and it's what you would expect, as much as he puts himself on the line uh, for that Eagles team. So that's something to keep in mind. Cowboys fans, you can let us know how you're feeling going into that game, 337-3776. And there is uh, just a different feel about it. And also, in case we didn't mention it, those last two games, if I'm not mistaken, are on the road, correct? This Uh, this ends the home schedule for the Cowboys this week. Yep, yep. Yeah, you got to go to Nashville. Yeah. You got to go to DC. Yeah. So that's an extra tough way to finish the season. Yeah, but if I, I'm Nick Sirianni, I don't play Jalen Hurts right now. Like you're, you're good. Plus, if you lose with Jalen Hurts, then I think that gives the Cowboys a certain mental edge because now they've beaten you with Jalen Hurts. You don't need him in this game. Let Gardner Minshew who. I would have worse, <laughs> uh, you know. I wouldn't want, you know, I would want Gardner Minshew as a backup quarterback on a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. Like he's been a starter, of you know, he started a lot of games in Jacksonville and did well at times. And I know he's going to give everything he's got, especially with the, his college coach passing. I know he wants to make him proud and show, you know, a guy that believed in him to have an NFL career in Mike Leach. Oh so, God, I forgot about yeah, that angle. Yeah, yeah. He, he'll take. He's going to take advantage of this opportunity. And Gardner Minshew, he. He might be a goofy guy off the field, but he takes the game seriously, a la like his college coach. So, yeah, I this isn't just going to be if he starts. This isn't going to be a walk, you know, walk through the park for the Cowboys. It's going to be a tough contest and a hard game to plan for because you don't have current film. Zero. Right? You're going to have to go back to a different team. What, yeah. do, you, what do you really have of him yeah, with they're the not, Eagles? They're not going to run no RPO stuff, that Jalen right. Hurts stuff where he's lowering his head. Even though Gardner Minshew is a little mobile, he ain't Jalen Hurts mobile. That's true. Uh, by the way, the Eagles, as they try to figure out are they playing Jalen Hurts or not, they're in the playoffs, but they are only two games up on Minnesota. They're three games up on San Francisco in the win column, but only two up on Minnesota. So you wonder if the Vikings would be something that would uh, maybe keep Keep Philadelphia with the foot on the pedal. We will see. The Jalen Hurts injury, we'll keep an eye on. Green Bay is still alive. Six and eight after they beat the Rams last night. We'll mention that game a little bit as well. Also coming up today, we're going to get into the Texas Bowl game. Start digging into Texas and Washington in the Alamo Bowl. We'll start doing that next. Also, it is signing day tomorrow. We're going to talk to Jeff Ketchum of Orange Bloods. Normally we hit catch on Fridays, but we don't have a Friday show this week. Thanks to the bosses for that. Uh, But we'll get uh, Jeff's thoughts the day before signing day on just how big a deal tomorrow's class could be for Texas with Arch Manning and the rest. All that is coming. Some Texas-Washington talk in case you don't know a lot about the Huskies. We'll start to try to figure it out next on The Horn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring, ting, tingling, too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Outside the snow is falling and friends are calling you. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. All right. Uh-oh. Sorry, I had to do it. Hmm. Yeah, you're not going to know this. It had a little country vibe at the beginning. But then it kind of... Yeah, then it kind of just flattened out on me. I don't regularly recognize either voice. I'm going to say Michael Blue I have no idea. No. Who we got? This is Bree Fletcher, and the male was Riley Keegan. Riley who? Keegan. Huh. All right. Bree Fletcher... And Riley Keegan. Yeah. A little country. Yeah. It is. I like that. At the beginning, I was wondering if it was about to be George Strait. When I heard that start, it just felt like a George Strait tune. But it is not. See, there's a little bit of that fiddle. That's good. I like yeah, that. Yeah, she's a um, Texas-bred country singer. Okay. Songwriter living in Nashville, Tennessee. Sweet. Go ahead, Bree. Bree Fletcher. Riley Keegan. Some Christmas music for you. Get your Christmas music on this week. We hope you're having uh, a good one, getting ready for that cold weather. If you love a cold Christmas, my girls always gripe about, why is it not colder on Christmas? They're not going to do that this year because it is going to be cold on Christmas. All right. uh, We were just talking some NFL. Another quick note for you. It appears off of one of Jerry's latest radio shows up in Dallas that the OBJ thing is getting further and further and further away. Did, you know, maybe the loss to Jacksonville affected that, but also just the the state of things with OBJ. If they got him, they'd have to put him on IR basically, and he's not going to be able to help them uh, until January. Uh, you know, kind of a couple, maybe a couple, you know, games into that January run, and we don't know if the Cowboys have that run in them right now. And they just signed Ty Hilton. They're not going to sign Ty Hilton and then bring on yeah. OBJ too. That wouldn't make point. any sense. By the way, does he get to play at some point? What? Clearly, he's not acclimated in the offense, but he was talking like he was. Like yeah. when he was doing his presser last week, he was like, "Oh yeah, I've been doing ten hours straight just to get used to this offense and stuff." They didn't use him once on Sunday, so. Kevin Moore, Mike McCartney, let's get it together. Uh, we have some reaction coming in on the Specs text line from Cowboys fans 337-3776. This says, uh, I'm actually really not worried about playing Tampa on the road. I think that would harden this team to go in there, get a road playoff win, start the playoffs that way. I think it's actually better. Uh, this says uh, Cowboys should rest any injured players. Starters should play first half only. Next three games are irrelevant. They're probably the five, probably playing Tampa as the four. If the Cowboys win a wild card game, the Eagles would be the divisional matchup, possibly. Uh, but of course, that won't happen. So they're not necessarily believing there. Cow- if the Cowboys were the five seed and they won, then yeah, they probably would get the one seeded team, which is the Eagles at See, this point. Now, with that extra game. Like, that doesn't sound too crazy to bench certain guys at certain times, especially when you locked up a playoff spot. 
My guys are going down like flies. Now Jalen Hurts, he might not play. So right. the Eagles, they're dealing with it. Everybody's dealing with a little something. 49ers, they're playing Brock Purdy. Lamar Jackson, he's still not back yet. Everybody's dealing with something. And you got to manage stuff on and off the field. And if you're like a GM or you have a take, you, you need to put your foot out there and say, maybe we should rest this guy this week and say he has a certain injury because we need him when the postseason comes. Yeah, it's a rough game. To, it's a weird game to play, but I think you might be right because the other thing is the Cowboys, they can't, no matter what they do, they can't be the four seed, they can't be the three seed, they can't be the two seed. That's impossible. They can't do it. And right now, mathematically, you know, can they really say they could get the one seed? I mean, I guess technically, but they are. They are staring right at that five seed and, and you know having to go on the road to probably an NFC South team like we've talked about. So we'll see how the Cowboys play it in addition to seeing how the Eagles play it this week. Jalen Hurts, a sprained shoulder that he suffered against the Bears. You may have seen the play where one of the Bears defensive players kind of landed on him as they're going down the field. It was a quarterback keeper and kind of landed awkward um, and stayed on the yeah. ground for a little bit. Hey, Nick Sirianni, this is what you want. When you're running all this RPO stuff and yep. everybody talking – uh, Jalen Hurts, he, he could squat like 900 pounds. He's the toughest dude ever. All right, cool. It's still the National Football League. These guys are trying to take him out. I'm not saying it's on some bounty New Orleans Saints, Brett Favre stuff, but these guys know that their lives would be a lot easier on defensive end if somebody on Jalen Hurts' caliber, probably the MVP of this league if he keeps playing, is out the game. Yeah. They're just keeping it real. No doubt. Cowboys and Eagles, Christmas Eve game. This week you've got some good winning matchups in the league. There are three of them. They're all on Saturday. It is Giants at Minnesota in the noon window and then the late window. Washington at San Francisco, a winning matchup. And Dallas and Philadelphia obviously is as well. 13-1 and Philly at 10-4 and Dallas. Then you do have three games on Sunday. You have a Monday night game. Thursday night's pretty good too. These are desperate teams Thursday. Jacksonville at the Jets. Oh, I love that matchup. That's going to be good uh, for Amazon Prime Video coming up on Thursday night. So keep that one in mind, too. Uh, The other thing to keep in mind around these parts, of course, is the Alamo Bowl. We're starting to understand exactly what the Longhorns will have at their disposal. Didn't think they'd have Bijan. Now that's official after yesterday. Bijan's headed to the pros and going to the draft and worried about that now. DeMarvion Overshone will not be playing for Texas. We haven't officially heard about Roshan Johnson, but we would assume that he will also not be playing. So, Zay, as we get into this Texas-Washington game, I'll admit it, I've seen Washington play very little this year. Very little. I've seen them play here and there, but not a whole lot. Uh, When I start looking at the numbers, though, a couple things blink at you. Passing offense, first in the country. Uh, Total offense, second in the country. And their quarterback, Michael Penix, passing yards, number one in the country. Passing yards per game, number one, 363 yards a game. And again, total offense for an individual player. He is number one in the country. So they are putting up points and yards all over the place. It's a dangerous football team. 
Yeah, very dangerous football team, and they're going to look to put up points to get this Longhorn ball club in San Antonio. You know, one thing about this Longhorn defense, which will be without Demarion Overshone, as we uh, heard yesterday, they've been so good at stopping the run all season long. Well, now you're playing against the number one passing offense in all of college football, and that's what's been the Achilles heel for the Horns with, when they give up yards this season. Yes, they had their lapses at times on the run. The Kendra Miller play comes to mind. The play in Alabama comes to mind, both over 70-yard runs. But other than that, they've been solid. And, you know, when Michael Penix coming into town, hopefully guys like Jalen Gilbo, they're back in 100% because he missed a mm-hmm. lot of time this year. Point. Hopefully this extra month to get healthy with that ankle that he had, that's just another secondary player to put back there. But, yeah, this is going to be a tough test because Jalen McMillan, a wide receiver for Washington, Rome, AutoZone, both of those guys are over 1,000 yards. They combined for 15 touchdowns this year. Michael Penix loves those guys. Sometimes Penix isn't as efficient as he, you need him to be, but he was ahead of B. John Robinson in the Heisman vote this year, which is kind of insane in a wow, way that but is wild. he was yeah so look for him to be the front runner one of the front runners for the Heisman next season because they're gonna be really good they're 10 and 2 team they beat a really good Oregon State team they didn't play against uh, uh, um, Utah and USC like I wish they would have because I think those were the two other top teams in the Pac-12 obviously being in the Pac-12 championship in Utah winning that but yeah this is going to be a really tough test for the Horns and it's kind of going to be Michael Penix versus Quinn Ewers because B. John Robinson isn't there so you would like to say Jonathan Brooks and Keelan Robinson and Roshan Johnson he hasn't announced his you know, um, you know going to the NFL announcement yet maybe he might not so you gotta look at that I know that you know Washington they're planning for those things but Quinn Ewers he's gonna have to make some serious plays and all eyes will be on him because we have to see some progression like four straight games under 200 yards that's not what we thought Quinn Ewers was gonna be this season and it was a roller coaster year for him maybe this month that he's had to practice go back look at film work on his mechanics work on his footwork you know him AJ Milwe just go through the basics all over again kind of like you do in the spring hopefully he could put that in to December 29th and have a good game to me both teams if they're looking at stats they're going to think about throwing the ball you just mentioned Ewers against Penix pass defense for Washington 91st in the country pass defense for Texas 90th in the country ball should be flying through the air and the other thing I wonder Zay mentally tomorrow we'll get into this later tomorrow's going to be signing day And we all know who's probably signing his name to the dotted line and coming early, supposedly, Arch Manning. And I know there's been a plan laid out about what's going to happen next year, but this is Quinn Ewer's opportunity with Bijan headed to the pros, like you're saying, to make that statement of this is what the offense is going to be, here's how I'm going to play, I have worked on the things I need to work on, and I'm making a statement about 2023. 2023 is my year. No discussion about anybody else. No discussion about somebody taking my job. This is my job, and I'm about to show you why. That's got to be on his mind at some level. 
Yeah, yeah, because Malik Murphy's coming back. So now he's breathing right. down your neck a little bit. And Steve Sarkeesian, he's raved a little bit about Malik Murphy's progression and what he's like throughout his, uh, you know, how good he's gotten and with scout team and now putting him as a QB too. So if things go left for Quinn Ewers in this game, don't I, I wouldn't be surprised if Malik Murphy took some snaps. And, and, you know, you just can't afford it because Washington, they're going to put up points. Yeah. I think the Horns, they're going to have to stick with them. And the Horns, they're favored in this game for you know, obvious reasons. They're always going to be favored, but they shouldn't be. I, I like Right now, I like Washington winning yeah. this game. The last two games Washington played, they scored 54 and 51. Now that was Colorado and Washington State. Uh, we've talked about their two losses were back-to-back at UCLA, at Arizona State. But they are on a six-game winning streak after that, including a win at Oregon, and remember that Oregon State team that just whipped Florida in a bowl game? Yeah. They beat Oregon State, too. Now, that was Michael Pinnock's worst game. Against Probably Oregon State? Against Oregon State. Oregon State's defense, they're, they're pretty good. He threw for 52 passes, but only had 30 completions for around 300 yards, I think 298, a touchdown and an interception. So that was his worst game, and I'm pretty sure the Longhorns, Pete Kukowski, they're watching that game to see what Oregon State did. But them other games, he has 500-yard games, 400, yeah. like multiple 400-yard games, a ton of 300-yard games. There's a reason why he led the country in total yards with 4,354. So the, the dude could absolutely rip it. It's a beautiful ball. I love those lefties, man, the way that they throw he throws a beautiful ball and this coach they he puts them in the right situations to win ball games so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough one for the horns but as of right now i don't got them winning all right tough test for texas coming uh, that win at oregon Penix had 408 yards passing more on washington and texas as we roll through the bowl game of course comes up on the 29th a week from Thursday, and we'll have it for you. Kickoff at 8. Pre-game starts at 4 o'clock. we got a watch party scheduled for you. We'll be letting you know about that as well, so stay with us. Up uh, up next in the 1 o'clock hour, you got Jeff Ketchum of OrangeBloods.com. Signing day tomorrow. We'll get his thoughts on that, on Bijan, headed to the pros, and some other stuff. Up next in the crap bag, a wild NFL weekend producing a wild stat and picking the wrong house and the right house all at the same time. This is the Horn. That you, Santa Claus. Yes, I'm preparing for some Christmas sharing, but I pause because hang in my stocking, I can hear knocking. Is that you, Santa Claus? Oh, goodness. Christmas time. A lot of good songs out there. When this dude's singing it, it's always a good song. There's only one Louis Armstrong, right? That's right, Louis. Satchmo. That you, Santa Claus? Yeah, it's such a great voice, man. I love it. Some people, there are some people that aren't into his voice because it's a little rough for him, a little gravelly, I guess, or whatever, but I love this. It always makes me smile when I hear him sing. Yeah. Anything. He sounds like my guy, Coach Terry, right now, after games. <laughs> you think Coach Terry needs to kind of work on the yelling, when to yell, how to yell, how much to yell? I'm just, my man, Coach Terry, needs to gargle at least 15 times a day. He has a very tough Doc Rivers voice going on there. And I get it. Now you're the head coach. You got to do a little bit more yelling. I get it. But, yeah, he's... 
Heard him talking to Fran Frisella after the game, and Coach Terry's voice is shot. Got that Gary Patterson thing going on? It might be worse than Gary. Where it always feels like he's got yeah. the worst voice. You know, my guy's got that. Buzz Williams for AM. You ever heard Buzz him after Williams games? Buzz does have that. Buzz Williams can't get through a game with a voice. Like, he's always screaming. Yeah, with his pinky blinder suits. <laughs> <laughs> always rocking the three piece. Yeah, like, do you have a pocket watch inside there? Like, you, come on. It's always, every time I end up. You know, tuning into games, it's there's definitely a three piece suit, but then I don't see the jacket. Somebody got rid of yeah, the jacket, yeah. and he's just at the vest yes. at that point. Yeah, and you look under the armpits, he's like sweating oh, out yeah. the shirt. Like you don't need all them layers, dog. Yeah. All you need is one layer. You're good. He loves the layers. He, he loves it. He does love the layers. All right. I uh, hope you're having a great Tuesday. We are getting ready for Christmas around here. Got shows through Thursday, uh, and of course, uh, then we'll be off Friday and Monday with Christmas on Sunday. Shout out to the bosses for uh, allowing that, and uh, we will take a little time at the end of the week. We hope you get a little time off as well. Talking. Cowboys today. We're getting some really interesting texts in from Cowboys fans. Some of them even talking about resting starters for games coming up. Maybe this next game with the Eagles. Resting starters in December? The game with the Eagles? What? Nah, you can't rest nobody right now. Come on now. I don't know that that's going to make any sense. We'll get back into those discussions. We started talking Texas and Washington. A little NFL here and a warning about what house you shouldn't sneak into in the crap bag. Here we go. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. All right, brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. How crazy was last week in the NFL? Here's how crazy it was. Since about 2000 and, I'm going to guess 15, maybe even, but eh, let's go back further. It may be 10 years or so. 2012-ish, somewhere in there. For years and years, I have been keeping track of the NFL turnover stat just to see where it falls. Sometimes it's above 80%, sometimes it's below 80%. They've always said it's right about that. So I've just kept up with it because I'm kind of an OCD nerd. This past Sunday, this past weekend in the NFL, is the first time I can ever remember this many teams winning turnovers but losing the game. Seven of them. The record this week... In the NFL, if you won turnovers, was six and seven. I don't ever remember there being seven on the losing side, and rarely do you ever have a losing week. I don't remember many of those over the years. The Cowboys did it with Jacksonville. Houston did it with Kansas City. Indy did it with Minnesota. Biggest yak we've ever seen in regular season, giving up 33 nothing. Miami did it with Buffalo. Win turnovers, lose the game. Tennessee did it with the Chargers. Last night, the Rams did it with Green Bay and Chicago plus two in the turnover margin, and they still lost to Philadelphia. For the season, now it's dipped down to 76%. If you win the turnovers, you win the game. So we are in that time of year where things get weird, strange, they get cold, they get odd, and it's not as simple as win the turnovers, win the game. There are other parts of it too. If you are particularly bad at certain things – like the Cowboys, Texans, uh, the you know it, Colts, and others showed us this week. Yeah, you can blow seventeen point leads. You can do it. You got to help it along, but you can actually do that. So, thought that was a wild stat. Six and seven this week if you win turnovers. So, uh, we'll keep that updated for you in the crap bag. Also in the crap bag, you know, if you know me, you know I love my pro wrestling. How about this story, dude in South Carolina trying to break into somebody's house. 
Goes house to house trying to find, he's talking about some kind of legal situation he's dealing with, and he's trying to find refuge. This person is in their 20s. Eventually, he finds an unlocked door, and he walks into a house owned by Hacksaw Jim Duggan. (laughs) (laughs) Hacksaw is now 68 years old. He took the man to the ground and then held him at gunpoint using a 44 caliber pistol. Duggan's wife was home at the same time. They also heard yelling outside, thought maybe there were more intruders coming, but thankfully there were not. According to Duggan, quote, thank God we didn't shoot him. He also wanted to thank the Kershaw County Sheriff's Department for a prompt and professional response. Says thanks to everyone for the concern and well wishes. So Zay, on one hand, I could say this is the worst house for you to break into. Absolute worst because it's a pro wrestler. But having met Jim Duggan one time, he felt like a sweet human being. He did not feel like some kind of crazy you know, wrestling monster. Yeah, because he could have pulled the trigger. He could have, right? He could have. So to me, in a way, you did pick the right house and the right guy because Duggan, unless you actually have a gun and you're pointing it at him, Duggan's not going to be threatened by you just because you're a dude in your 20s. He is 68, but he's Duggan. He's dealt with that so many times. How many times has he been in a situation where he's trying to, you know, wrestle somebody to the ground, keep them from wrestling him to the ground, whatever? So he's able to detain that dude pretty quickly. And thankfully, nobody was hurt in that story. So there you go. Be careful. Mm. Please, first off, don't be walking in anybody's house if it's not yours. But secondly, it could end up that way. Yeah. You could end up on the ground fast. Yeah, this is when you probably start seeing a lot more people trying to break in folks' houses during Christmas season because they don't have the means to buy their own gifts for people. Maybe. I don't know. There are stories this time of year about people, the presents getting stolen. Yeah, yeah, you got to be careful. I heard a story today. B&E were telling a story uh, on their show today about somebody broke into Robert De Niro's place. Robert De Niro's? They were trying to steal just random presents from people, and they happened to pick a building where De Niro lived. Mm, don't do that. And he was there. It was like 2.45 in the don't morning. Don't do that. I don't care how old Robert De Niro is. He's still got that mobster in him. Right. He's done enough mobster movies to really whack somebody if he wanted to. Don't yeah. mess with him. Yeah, I feel like he could take care of himself. Glad to hear that uh, Hacksaw and his wife are okay after that story. All right, coming up, it is your 1 o'clock hour. We'll talk to Jeff Ketchum of OrangeBloods.com. A great recruiting class is coming for Texas. Just how good could it be? How high could they end up in the rankings? We'll talk about that. We'll get you a flex segment at 1.30. So many big-time football players are going to sign that dotted line tomorrow. We've been talking about them in the flex segment throughout the season. We'll go back over some of those names at 1.30 and at 1.45. Isaiah's got where we at in society. We will see where that goes today. A lot of football on the board. If you want to jump in, Specs text line 337-3776. Cowboys fans, how you feeling about the Eagles game? Longhorns fans, how you feeling about this bowl game coming up? We are asking on the horn.